In the early 1850s, the wealthy and famous Cornelius Vanderbilt was having dinner at the Moon's Lake House in Saratoga Springs, New York. He ordered a chicken dish that would have French fries with it. Uh, when the order was sent to the back, a man by the name of George Croom, the cook and the chef for that evening, began to prepare Cornelius Vanderbilt's meal. He sent it out, but Cornelius was not happy. And he sent the meal back to the kitchen with these instructions. He said, the French fries are cut far too thick. Well, George Croom was really proud of his work as a cook and a chef, and he was not happy about this at all. So in his anger, uh, he decided that he would teach Cornelius Vanderbilt a lesson. So he decided to take some potatoes and he sliced those potatoes as thin as you possibly could. And then he just fried them. Man, he fried those things until they were, they were just the crispiest, most brown. Uh, they were totally, totally fried to death, all right? And he sent the plate out to Cornelius Vanderbilt, thinking that he would teach the rich and wealthy man a lesson. But a lesson was not taught. Instead, a new obsession was started because Cornelius Vanderbilt absolutely loved what George Crew made. He said they were the most delicious potatoes he had ever had. He began to rave about them, and this turned into an incredible thing. In fact, it turned into a national sensation. Yep, those things that you and I love so much, potato chips, came out of that situation. It came out of George Croom's kitchen on maybe one of his angriest moments. Well, George Croom ended up becoming pretty famous, and he realized he had something special, so he started his own restaurant. And in the 1850s, people would line up for hours to get a chance to eat what he called at the time his Saratoga chips, to get a chance to eat his potato chips. And now we know that, that we eat these things all the time. And the point is this, sometimes you accidentally run into something great out of a bad situation. Now look, all of us this Christmas are in a tough situation. This may be one of the darkest Christmas seasons ever, yet we're here to tell you at Three Circle Church that there's hope. And good things can come out of bad things. And really beautiful things can come out of bad situations. And that's what we want you to do. You see, one great writer said once that what we need in life is not always new landscapes. What we need are new eyes to see those landscapes differently. And what we want to do today, today at Christmas Eve, is we want to give you new eyes to look at the world around you. And we want you to look at it through the lens of hope, the lens of Christmas hope that is given to us by Jesus. That night in Saratoga Springs, George Croom was angry, but out of a tough situation where he was embarrassed and angry with one of their patrons, he ended up finding something beautiful, an invention, if you will, that changed his life and, of course, blessed the rest of the world for 100, 150 years now, right? What about us, the situation we're in? Where are we going to find the beauty, the good in it? I think it's, I think it's found in Jesus Christ. And so today, as we look into the Christmas story and why it brings us hope, I want you to see today that there is great hope, no matter what your circumstances are, because today we're going to find out on Christmas Eve that we can have hope because God gave Himself up for us.
So today, this Christmas Eve, we want you to look at life differently. We want you to see that there is hope, and there's hope because of Jesus Christ. Let's go to the book of Luke chapter 2. The Bible tells us this, beginning in verse 8. It says, And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of a great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Now it's amazing because when you look at the original Christmas story, it was a tough one. It was a tough one. It was a dark one in many ways. Mary and Joseph not having room for them in an inn. Mary giving birth to the Son of God basically in a barn, in a stable. They're putting Him in a feed trough as a baby. They're poor. Their circumstances are very, very difficult. The shepherds themselves who get this heavenly announcement out in the field, their lives are tough. They live with the animals. They're so lowly that they can't even go into a court of law and be a witness legally in their day. That's how lowly the shepherds were. And yet, with the shepherds' tough lives and Mary and Joseph's tough situation and the world itself at that time, with Rome being a dictatorship over the nation of Israel at that time, it was dark. It was tough. Yet in the middle of all that was great hope. And much like potato chips rolling out of George Croon's kitchen in Saratoga Springs, New York, hope spilled out of that situation there in Bethlehem that night. And it's still spilling out. It's still impacting our lives today. You see, Mary, Joseph, the shepherds, they had no idea just how much hope was going to shine through uh, that Bethlehem sky that night. Those stars uh, those angels, those songs, they represented a hope that, that would be for all of us. That's what the angel said, that for all people there is good news. And what I want you to know today, in the middle of a world full of bad news right now, and they had bad news too, there's good news. There is hope. And what we're going to look at today is that God was willing to come for us. That was the good news. The gospel is good news. And that good news is that God loved us so much that He sent His Son, and that He loved us so much that He was willing to give Himself up for us. So today we're going to see how Jesus changed everything, how He brought hope. When Jesus was born, He changed everything. In fact, He changed our calendars. It's really hard for some people who don't believe to realize that their very calendars are impacted by the birth of this baby. B.C., A.D., B.C. before Christ, A.D., the year of our Lord, the day of our Lord. These are important things even on our calendars. But I want you to know that Jesus did not just change the calendar. Jesus changed everything for all who would believe in Him. And, and today, this Christmas Eve, if you believe upon Him, everything has changed for you. And what I want to do is I want to remind us today of four things Jesus changed. And if you are not a believer and you're just joining us because it's Christmas Eve, I want you to know that these four things could be true for you as well. The offer is on the table. So let's take a look this Christmas Eve at four things that Jesus changed that brings us great hope. So the first thing I want us to look at today that Jesus changed when He was born with His life, His birth, His death, His resurrection is He changed religion to relationship. Religion to relationship. 
You see, when Jesus came, He came to show us that we could have a relationship with God, that we could actually know God, Emmanuel, God with us. This is an amazing, astounding truth of Christmas. He didn't just change our calendars, He changed so much more. And so many of us are all about religion. And let me tell you what religion is. Religion is when humans try to connect and have a relationship with God on their own. That's what religion is all about. All world religions tell you that there's a way that you can get to God. But Christianity stands alone by telling us that God actually came for us, that we never could have gotten to God on our own, that we needed Him to come for us. And religion is a really dangerous thing because religion will suck the hope out of your life. Religion is all about what you do. And many of you joining me right now, you are living a religious life. It's all about what you do and you try to show God, hey, I can connect with you, God. I'll be a better person. Religion is, is a result of humans realizing, hey, we've messed up. We're not good. We, we make a lot of mistakes and we believe there's a God out there somewhere. So we're going we're gonna to try to be better people and prove ourselves to that God and connect with Him. And the Bible teaches us that this is just absolutely impossible for us to do. So religion looks like this. We go, well, hey, I, it's, it's all about what I do. I go to church every now and then and or I, I drop some money in the offering plate, or I'm a good person, which is basically us comparing ourselves to others. We go, well, I'm not perfect, but at least I'm not as bad as that person. Or maybe we'll go, you know what? I, I try not to cuss a lot. You know, I try not to use profanity unless I'm really mad, right? It's kind of like, uh, you know, God bless her. My grandmother's in heaven right now and she loved Jesus. But every now and then she would let a word fly if you got her just right, you know. I always wanted to buy her a t-shirt that said, I love Jesus, but I cuss a little, you know. And, 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 and maybe that's you. Maybe you're a religious person and you're depending on religion. Religion doesn't have any hope because the truth is, even if you're, if you're good, you're just not good enough. The Bible says to go to heaven, we have to be perfect, Jesus said. And none of us are. That's why Jesus and Christmas is such good news. Because He came for us. And He changes things from religion, us trying to connect with God on our own, to relationship, God making a way for us to connect with Him. So Jesus is all about us knowing God. Jesus is about us knowing Him. In fact, the Bible says this. Jesus said these words, For this is eternal life that we would know God, that we would know Him and Jesus Christ who He has sent to us. This is incredible truth. In fact, in another place, Jesus was teaching, and He was teaching in the book of Matthew. And this is just one of these amazing places. Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. Listen to what He says. Jesus is talking about the future. And He says, there's many people who will try to get to God through religion and they're going to find that is a dead-end street. Listen to what He says. He says, not everyone who says to Me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of My Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to Me, Lord, Lord, did not we prophesy in Your name and cast out demons in Your name and do many mighty works in Your name? Now see, that is religion. Look what we have done. Look what we do. Jesus says, and then I will declare to them, I never, watch this, I never knew you. And that's the deal. Jesus is all about a relationship. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. So here we see Jesus saying, hey, in order to go to heaven, in order to have eternal life and true hope this Christmas, it's not about religion. It's not about what you do and don't do. It's about what Jesus has done. And that is good news because I think all of us who have tried to play the religion game, we realize we fail miserably. 
But Jesus came and He was perfect for us and He gave Himself up for us. And when we believe in Him, He takes our place. This is amazing. So we have Christmas hope, first of all, because we don't have to go to God through religion. He has come to us and we can actually know Him and have a relationship with Him. That should bring us joy and that should bring us great hope this Christmas. As we look at the difference between religion and relationship, when Jesus was born, He then grew up, and at 30 years old, He began His public ministry. Jesus was a powerful teacher, of course. But let me tell you what He did. Jesus was talking about a relationship. And there was a very strong religious culture in His land where He was. Uh, the Jewish culture was so strong, and Jesus stepped into that and began to talk about knowing God, having a relationship with God, calling Him Abba, Father. This was revolutionary. And you know what happened? Religious people got really upset that Jesus was having a relationship with people who were not religious. And that's what religion will do. If you've been playing the religion game, if you've been playing the, well, I'm better than other people game, and I go to church and I do good things you're going to miss out on the joy of really knowing Jesus. Jesus turned things upside down. And Jesus was accused of being the friend of sinners. And, and you know what? That is the truth. He loved the lost. He also loved those religious people too because they too, even though they didn't realize it, were sinners. And this is what I want you to understand. The reason we need to move from religion to relationship this Christmas Eve is because religion will keep you from God. The very thing that humanity thinks sometimes will get them to God keep, will keep you from God. Jesus said this, I came for the sick, not, the, not those who think they are good to go, not those who think they are well. Jesus said, I came for the sick. And, and so even if you're here today and, you, you're, and you're joining us this Christmas Eve and you think, you know what, I've been a pretty good person. I just want you to lay that aside and realize that you need Jesus. You don't have to play the religion game anymore. You can actually know God. Don't let religion stand in the way of you getting to know the Jesus of Christmas so that you can have true Christmas hope. The second thing I want us to look at this Christmas Eve, that the birth of Jesus changed. He didn't just change the calendars, though he did that. He didn't just change our music selection uh, every December. He did that too. No, Jesus changed as so much more, and He changed, listen, secondly, He changed insecurity to security. Because do you know what religion does? Religion makes humans very insecure. Because if you are trying to make uh, life work on your own, you're trying to be good enough, you're trying to make your own way to God, you're always going to be asking yourself, am I good enough? Did I do this well enough? Am I measuring up? You're always going to be looking at your life wondering, am I making God happy enough? Am I getting there? And see, religion will keep you in a place of insecurity. And I've been there, and I bet some of you are as well. Some of you right now are probably wondering, man, have I messed up too much? Have I gone too far? Is my sin greater than God's grace? And that is why the angel said to the shepherds that day, we have really good news. We have really good news for all people. All people, that means you. That means whatever you're going through right now, whatever you're feeling, your inadequacies, your feelings of unworthiness, 
I promise you're in good company. The shepherds felt the same way. Mary and Joseph felt the same way. But those angels had good news. The gospel is good news because the gospel says, hey, God's love and His grace is for all of us and His grace is greater than our sin. You cannot go too far for God to reach you. And He wants to reach you. And He's longing to reach you and has done and made a way to reach you, for you to know Him. And that should move us from insecurity to security. In fact, listen to what the Bible says. This is uh, beautiful language that we have from the Lord. It's in Romans chapter 8. And and just listen to this in verse 14. We're going to begin there. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, insecurity. Nope. You have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit, watch this, the Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with Him in order that we may also be glorified with Him. Listen, the Bible says we have been made children of God if you believe in Him. And if you've never believed in Jesus, the Jesus of Christmas, the Jesus of the Bible... You can believe upon Him and be adopted into this family. And once you are in this family, you can't get out of it. And that moves us from religious insecurity. Am I good enough? Have I done enough to security? See, the Bible is telling you here that if you'll believe upon Jesus, you can know you are saved. You can know you have eternal life. You can know you're in the family of God. You don't have to ever question it again because it is not based on your goodness or your good works or your faithfulness. No, it is based on the good works and good life and goodness of Jesus. And listen, Jesus will be faithful to you even when you're not faithful. This is the message of the Bible. And when you grab onto this, you will love God more. You will worship Him more when you realize the wonder of the gospel that that all began with Christmas, right? I want you to understand, you don't have to be insecure anymore. Listen, I know what what it's like to be a child. I also know what it's like to be a father. I have three kids. Could you imagine if in my home, my kids thought at any moment if they messed up that they would be kicked out of our family, that they'd have to find another family? My kids do mess up a lot because they're humans. But my kids are absolutely secure. They know that nothing will ever change the fact that, that I love them and that I'm their dad and that our home is their home and that they have a place always. And, and you know what? They're going to mess up and it doesn't change my love for them. They're secure. And let me tell you, God is an infinitely better father than I am. He's an infinitely better parent than any of you are. He loves you more than you love your own kids, if you can imagine that. He loves you. And you can be secure in Him. Believing upon Jesus changes everything and you can know that you are in the family of God, loved by God, not through religion, but through a relationship with Jesus Christ. That moves us from insecurity to security and it gives us incredible hope this Christmas Eve. The third thing Jesus changed for us when He was born with His birth, life, death, and resurrection is that Jesus changed place to presence. He changed place to presence. You see, religion is all about you having to go to God. And often religion involves a place that you have to go to to get to God. Sometimes that's a temple. Sometimes it's another thing. 
But religion always involves a place, a place that you have to go to. But Jesus took it to a different level. Jesus moved things from place to presence. In fact, as, as, as a teacher, Jesus once had a conversation with a woman at a well. And this woman was a Samaritan woman. And she was a woman who had a lot of questions. And she was a sinner, a spectacular sinner. She had really made a mess of her life. But Jesus loved her. Jesus reached out to her. And you're going to see that she believed upon Jesus. But in their conversation, an incredible thing happened. And you can hear Jesus articulating the fact that He's moving things from a place to His presence. You see, Christmas is all about God coming to us, not going to Him. That He came for us. And it's all about His presence with us. In fact, the Bible says this in Matthew. It says this about Jesus. The virgin will give birth to a child and He will be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. And this is exactly what Jesus taught this woman in John chapter 4, beginning in verse 19. The woman said to Jesus, Sir, I see you're a prophet. And listen, she had this idea, and this is religion, watch. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. In other words, she said, religion says you got to be in the right place. Listen to Jesus' words. Here's what He changed. He says, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You will worship what you do not know. We worship what we know for salvation is from the Jews. Watch this. But the hour is coming and is now here. In other words, He's saying, I'm changing this. The hour is coming and it is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is seeking such people to worship Him. In other words, Jesus said, I have come to change the fact that it's all about a place and a building. I have come to bring my presence into your life. The Bible says that we as children of God are infilled with the Holy Spirit, that He seals our hearts in Him, making our adoption official. God is now with us at all times, in all places. Emmanuel, this is really good news. Jesus changed things from a place to His presence. And if you're a believer in Him, you have, your, you have God's presence with you all the time. And now, coming together at church, in a church building, is a beautiful, wonderful thing. But can I tell you, there's nothing like the presence of God. And if you're a child of God, you have that presence. And if you want to know God, you can know Him through Jesus Christ, His Son, and have the presence of God with you, in you, at all times. This, once again, is Jesus changing everything, not just calendars, but our lives. And it gives us incredible Christmas hope. Finally, this Christmas Eve, I want you to know that Jesus changed despair to hope. That's right. He changed despair to hope. And many of us are walking through uh, despair right now. The world is really tough. It's really dark this Christmas, but I want you to know there's light in the middle of it. Just like good things rolled out of an angry kitchen in Saratoga Springs, New York. Just like Jesus, the birth of Christ happened in the middle of really tough circumstances. You know what? Incredible hope can be found this Christmas Eve as well for you. Right there where you are, right there in your circumstances. You've not gone too far. You've not messed up too much. You can know God and you can have joy in Him and you can have security in Him. You can know Him. You can have a relationship with Him. And this Christmas Eve, what we want to do is call you to set your hope on a different thing. Too many of us are in despair because we have wrongly set our hope. 
We've set our hope on politics. It didn't work out maybe for you. You set your hope on uh, the pandemic getting better quicker and, and here we are still dealing with it. Maybe you set your hope on economics or relational things. If you have set your hope on anything in this world, you've set your hope too low. But in 1 Peter, Peter writes to us through the words of Scripture and he says, with your minds fully alert. In other words, he's not telling you to ignore reality. The Christian hope is not an ignoring of reality. Uh, reality. It's not an escapism. It's in the middle of real life we can have hope. Peter says, with your minds fully alert, set your hope on Jesus Christ, on who He is, on what He's done and what He has promised to do, that He's going to continue to do what He says He will do. Set your hope on something different than anything in this world this Christmas Eve, and you can have real hope. I would say you've set it too low. Set your hope high. And with our hopes set high, let us have joy and hope this Christmas. Let us have real, real security and relationship with God this Christmas. Let's, in the middle of a dark time, be people of light because of the hope Christmas brings. You know, a lot of times people will ask, what is Christmas really all about? And I'm reminded by a really famous character from a great cartoon, what Christmas is all about. Listen as Charlie Brown and his friends teach us all why we should have Christmas hope. I guess you were right, Linus. I shouldn't have picked this little tree. Everything I do turns into a disaster. I guess I really don't know what Christmas is all about. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God, and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. <laughs>